uh, just requesting permission from Lumpa to give the uh, some Dhamma reflections and almost almost uh, made a request to chant the Paddy Mocha by mistake. <laughs> that would have been 45 minutes of chanting that you could have heard. <laughs> cool, dark, rainy uh, evening here. Um, back in our uh, full group practice uh, for the third go-round, third week of that, uh, starting uh, the the third week of that today, after a couple of days uh, break. So it's we've been going since five this morning um, and uh, don't want to uh, go too long tonight because we'll have an early morning again in the morning. But maybe just a few thoughts to finish the day, uh, take into our slumber period. I think... Uh, what I'm, the theme that's kind of that's kind of revolving around in my mind this evening is based on a, a weird kind of kind of a weird dream that I had maybe uh, oh, I don't know five days a week ago uh, that's been kind of rolling around in different ways uh, in the back of my mind and sometimes in the forefront of my mind. It's and I can't remember much of it because I'm terrible about remembering dreams. I've always I always tried when I was young to make a dream log and, and analyze them and, and remember them and devised all sorts of ways to try and remember the dreams and waking up early. I just never could. It just they would all fade away very quickly and, and it's still the same. But uh, this dream, a few pertinent points uh, stuck out and it, it was kind of around a, a theme of density of all things. Um, and that uh, somehow there was involvement of rebirth in different realms of existence and, and how some realms are uh, very dense, uh, tight, constricted realms. Other realms are very light and airy and uh, you know, almost, you know, in fact, some of them are immaterial. Uh, the, the qualities of density versus lightness uh, was the major theme of that dream. And, and um, I woke up and, uh, you know, in that kind of drifty uh, post-dream state. Uh, it was in the middle of the night. And um, was just sort of experiencing and reflecting how the, uh, it's the same as true, of course. It's a metaphor for uh, our own psychological, mental states uh, being sometimes very dense uh, and uh, intense uh, and sometimes being very light and, and uh, airy and, uh, yeah, light. So dense versus light, density versus lightness. And how what uh, the quality of our habits, the quality of our mental habits help condition uh, this feeling of density and constriction versus uh, lightness and release. Uh, and of course, you know, wanting to favor one <laughs> over the other, not only because of its pleasantness uh, versus the unpleasantness of the density, the dense ones, but uh, also because they serve as a basis for uh, 
relinquishment, release. So it's, it's just, uh, I've been kind of operating uh, the past week or so since that dream and, and, and even maybe before with the, with the retreat of just operating less on a conceptual level here. Um, uh, I think that the more time goes on and the, the, the older I get uh, and the closer the end of life seems to be coming uh, in my way that uh, I f- seem to be um, focusing less on, on concepts and thoughts and even interesting ones and useful ones like uh, suttas and the Dhamma, those kinds of things, but more on internal experience uh, because I realize, you know, at least for myself, I think probably for everybody, that's where the suffering lies is in that uh deep internal experience of the heart. Uh, and that's where we can find, hopefully, uh, release from those, re- release from the, from the suffering, again, satisfactoriness of, of life in the world. So it kind of, the experiences that I've been contemplating have been more along that, that uh, you know, deeper experience level of less words and, and more feeling, I guess, is probably one way to, to put it. And trying to put some of it into words <laughs> so that I can communicate them in a, uh, a reflection. Um, but uh, one of the qualities uh, uh, that's been coming up for uh, reflection is holding uh, as well as this density and lightness, and that holding is uh, something that we do for either uh, better or for worse. Um, and that, you know, when I think about holding uh, and the quality of holding, uh, you know, the, the word in, uh, in the Buddhist teachings, clinging comes to mind, clinging, upadana, grasping, uh, holding. And it's a kind of holding that um, brings a lot of density, <laughs> in a way. Uh, it, it brings a lot of absorption into uh, negative mind states. You know, we get uh, holding or clinging to um, uh, views and opinions, holding or clinging to this sense, especially, you know, the most dense one is this sense of self, this sense of me holding tightly onto that and operating through that pretty much all the time until we get a little bit of wisdom and start to uh, let that uh, relax a bit. But the the clinging, the holding to perceptions, uh, to views, our opinions, uh, and I, I even clinging, you know, in, in a kind of a different way to, to sensuality. You know, the, the qualities, the result from that kind of holding uh, being um, quite tight, quite knotted up. Um, yeah, that, that sense of uh, tense grasping uh, to an idea, to a view, to a memory, to a, a story that uh, we keep indulging in. Uh, personal stories, relational stories, you know, all the, the ones that many of us, you know, periodically get 
locked into the interactions that we've had, uh, people that should have done something in a different way than what we would want, uh, would have wanted, uh, getting locked in and, and, and that kind of wrapping oneself up tightly in those kinds of mind states and, the, and just the feeling that comes from that, of that kind of knotted up, balled up, constricted uh, state of mind, uh, very uh, unpleasant, or the, in, in the realm of sensuality, it just be maybe not quite so tight and constricted, but kind of chaotic and, and agitated uh, and, uh, yeah, distracted, um, those qualities uh, being... Um, yeah, dense, dense states of mind, dense, dense rebirths in a way. But the the same the same word holding uh, can also be applied in a skillful way, and, and I think of the word in the quality of mindfulness uh, as the light form of holding. Uh, it's not that all holding is bad, um, but um, it's the underlying. Uh, aspiration, uh, the underlying quality of, of mind uh, with the holding that makes all the difference. And mindfulness is a very, very skillful way of holding onto something. You have to, mindfulness has to involve holding. It's holding something in mind. Uh, but it's holding, holding things that lead to clarity, to uh, peacefulness, to release. Uh, rather than to, you know, um, negativity or confusion um, in the way that clinging can can do. So uh, holding uh, the, of course, the the uh, teachings on the satipatthana, uh, holding those, bringing those to mind, bringing the the body to mind, um, bringing the feelings and the different mental qualities uh, in a, not holding on to those particular qualities, but holding on to the mindfulness of, of being aware of what is actually happening and how we're responding and how we're uh, uh, using them either skillfully or uh, if we're lost uh, in those mental states, uh, unskillfully. So bringing to mind that kind of clarity uh, with the intent on understanding and release. This is a, a way. It's, a, it's like the difference between, you know, if you have your hand and you're grasping onto something tightly and the pain and constriction that eventually comes with that grasp, grasping, but the same hand that's open and allowing the object to just rest in it. Um, so there is still this holding, but it's not, uh, it's not, painful. It's just uh, aware and alert uh, and present. So, um, you know, we can hold with, hold uh, in a way that leads to density, hold in a way that leads to lightness. So, you know, it's pretty obvious to me which one I want to focus on. So noticing, uh, making a determination, noticing those mind states uh, when they come upon us, uh, uh, to 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 say, oh, okay, the the mind is getting constricted. Uh, this is probably a sign of 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 grasping in some way or another of 
of uh, moving into this kind of um, constricted mental state. Uh, can I drop that? Uh, can I find a skillful way without pushing it away to just experience it with mindfulness, that, that lightness of holding in a way that just allows it to be seen clearly? Uh, another pair of qualities uh, kind of similarly that has, has come up um, and uh, triggered, I think, by a, a talk that I was listening to from Ajahn Suchito about uh, the same kind of relationship uh, with um, belief and faith and, and the fact that they uh, have some very similar qualities uh, to them, these kind of mind states that uh, are um, yeah, based on... Uh, some sort of uh, conviction, uh, in a sense, uh, but one with a, a skillful result and one with more of an un, generally an unskillful result. So belief uh, being that quality of mind that um, you know, leads to clamping, uh, kind of a clamping down of the mind, a, a constriction, clamping down and constricted mind state uh, whereas something like faith uh, leads to a sense of freshness and, and vitality, uh, aliveness, energy. Um, and uh, you can just sort of see how they're, they're similar qualities, and sometimes people get them confused with each other, but how they kind of manifest uh, in many ways. And one thought, uh, a memory came to mind when I was thinking about this, uh, about belief, uh, in uh, just a little conversation I had, and it was quite an, actually it was quite a few years ago, a, um, a good friend of ours, uh, 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 a Thai supporter who has been with the community uh, a very long time. And uh, a while back she came up to me and she said, you know, something, uh, something an experience I had, uh, I wanted to ask you about or check with you about. It was a, a an acquaintance of her, um, hers, who uh, went to one of the monasteries, I'm not sure exactly where, somewhere down in the Bay Area, to make a food offering um, to the monastic community. And she got there in the afternoon, and, uh, and she was telling our friend uh, this story. She got there in the afternoon, and, uh, and the monk who was there um, wouldn't receive the food offering because it was in the afternoon. And, you know, what she said was is that her response to the monk was, well, you know, this is, this is your duty to receive my offering so I can make merit. Uh, this is what you're supposed to do. Uh, otherwise, I won't be able to make the merit uh, of offering directly to a monk. And... Uh, and then uh, my friend, our friend here, was relating this, and she was saying when she, when her friend was telling her this story, she was getting extremely agitated and very irate, and said, you know, that monk, you know, he's he's a, he's a bad monk because he wouldn't receive the food and, and let me get the merit from doing that. And our friend didn't really respond, but she came up and asked me. She says, "Well, what am I supposed to make of that? What do you think? Is that true?" Um, uh, is that something that is the case? And, and she said, how would you have responded to this, this person? Um, 
I said, well, to be honest, you know, not knowing who she is, but, you know, my immediate thought is, is that I would say to her, well, you know, the, the demerit from uh, trying to get a monk to break his precepts is going to way outweigh the merit of giving, you know, a, a, an offering of, of food uh, at the wrong time of day. <laughs> uh, and that, you know, actually you can see that in the mind state that resulted from, from uh, her not being able to do that. Um, and our friend said, well, yeah, that's kind of what I thought, but it was really hard to, to, to say something like that. So just the, the strength of, of belief uh, uh, and um, how grasping onto an idea uh, like that uh, is really uh, results in a, a very clamped down kind of negative mind state. Whereas you see, you know, people coming to make offerings uh, at the right time of day, of course, in the morning, and and just the lightness and buoyancy and the um, delight uh, that that results from um, not holding the same kind of action uh, in, in in such a ritualistic kind of a way. I, mean, I think the first example is is a real clear example of Sila Bhatta Paramasa. The, attachment to rites and rituals, thinking that it will just, it automatically gives some sort of uh, boon or merit, uh, uh, even if uh, forcing some, some person to, to break their precepts. So just looking at the quality, you know, the faith uh, quality versus the belief quality, or you can see it in, you know, even stronger, more uh, consequential ways in the world with Religious belief, fundamentalist religious belief, uh, it's the basis for so much conflict and so many wars uh, and violence. Whereas the, the fresh light kind of, of faith uh, from somebody who has uh, a strong conviction in, in their faith but doesn't uh, grasp it or hold it or try and impose it or but uses it for the benefit of, of oneself and the rest of the world. Yeah, the, it, it's easy sometimes as a you know, Buddhist practitioner to, to point to other religions and talk about certain kinds of fundamentalism uh, in relation to other religions, but I think we also have to look at our own um, fundamentalist beliefs that we sometimes have in, in the Buddhist world and in the very kind of more gross ways, you know, in some uh, areas of the world, some countries, Buddhist countries, that those beliefs, those fundamentalist beliefs are strong enough to, to incite violence uh, in some uh, political applications of, of, of Buddhism, uh, even by monks, unfortunately. So, you know, we have to be careful about casting aspersions to other religions. Um, but, um, but, yeah, just to... to uh, even if it doesn't lead to violence, just how our own fundamentalist uh, beliefs, uh, you know, Theravada Buddhism versus Mahayana Buddhism, you know, and how, you know, we can say, oh, well, you know, Theravada is the, is the uh, original teaching. It's the one that came directly from the Buddha. The other schools of Buddhism came later and had additions and, 
and aren't the real thing um, or don't have as much value. Um, so we can be kind of fundamentalists sometimes in, in our own views or, you know, conversely, uh, members of other Buddhist traditions can do the same thing. You know, Theravada is the, the Hinayana, the lesser vehicle, the, you know, kind of the, uh, the selfish way to enlightenment. So, you know, um, we need to be wary of that and, and how that is not faith, that's belief. Uh, and it leads to that kind of clamped down, dense state of mind, whereas a, a joy in the practice and a joy of, uh, in whatever form it takes, if it takes people to understanding and to um, uh, peace, to relinquishment, release, then uh, it's something to be very much appreciated and inspired by uh, and allowed to develop one's faith around that. So in a way, it, uh, it kind of also, for me, ties into how we apply our energy uh, and in what direction we apply our energy, the, the parami of virya energy. Uh, and that sometimes uh, we think of that kind of virya application of energy as a very uh, engaged, forceful, uh, kind of rising up uh, with a lot of determination uh, to apply uh, and expend uh, one's energy uh, in the practice, taking up uh, many different kinds of practices with, with vigor uh, and um, intensity. Uh, and that that's what virya means. And, 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 and in some cases, that might actually be the, the right approach. But I was also appreciating uh, uh, Ajahn Suchito's reflections that in, in many ways, it's actually more of an uh, energy balancing or energy management uh, that is the appropriate use of, of the, the word virya. And that there are some things that uh, we need to set boundaries around in terms of our energy. So if it's that kind of misapplication of energy, like in those situations I was talking about, where we uh, put uh, unwise attention uh, into uh, certain uh, uh, practices that, uh, with, a, with an unwise motivation, um, uh, or just get lost in the energetic... Uh, pursuit of uh, thoughts and feelings and emotions and stories that uh, wind up moving us into those dense states of, of uh, experience um, over and over again, that that's kind of an unwise application of energy. We can waste and spend a lot of energy attending to uh, our perceptions and our feelings and our uh, thoughts uh, in unskillful, uh, in ways that result in unskillful patterns or reinforce unskillful patterns. And that that actually is an energy drainer. Uh, we, we really use up a lot of our resources uh, with this kind of uh, unwise attention to unskillful uh, mind states uh, or memories that lead to unskillful mind states and that we need to draw boundaries around those. So sometimes management of energy, uh, management of virya, is, is one of 
uh, not engaging, uh, not restraining, um, and uh, because we don't want to to spend our energy and just become exhausted to the point where the only alternative is to annihilate ourselves in, in sleep or drugs or alcohol or whatever it is, uh, our choice of annihilation. So that uh, there are the skillful boundaries, but then the wise application of uh, attention, wise attention, yoniso manisikara, to objects that, uh, or reflections or thoughts that uh, produce, uh, produce energy, that are energy increasing. Um, you know, all the, the ways that we can attend to uh, the opposites of, of the unskillful attitudes, the, uh, the attitudes of the parami, just what I'm talking about, the kindness and, and, and compassion and um, uh, understanding, wisdom, uh, all the, the different positive qualities that open and clarify our experience uh, and lead to a sense of uh, widening and, and release uh, rather than constriction and tightness and holding. So um, wise attention to that which opens up the energy, opens up the ability to, to hold things. That's what that's that's uh, virya and then kind of moving into aditana, that kind of determination to uh, keep at it, to not, um, not determination in kind of a fixed, uh, unmovable, blinded uh, persistence, but uh, uh, that kind of aditana commitment to uh, opening and relaxing uh, the mind state. Uh, to pursue the skillful, uh, the determination to not get entangled uh, with that which is going to lead us into tightness and uh, difficulty. So it's kind of a, a strong determination to, to be light, if you will, a firm determination to hold things uh, with clarity and lightness uh, and ease. Uh, and to just notice when we're not doing that and the effect of that has in our heart and our energy, and to notice when we can keep that open uh, relinquishment uh, of difficult mind states and the moving into taking up uh, the ones that result in uh, skillful mind states. I, I also uh, just was listening to a, a Ajahn Sumedho talk uh, just yesterday, uh, and I just made it was always a great one to listen to if you need to kind of just loosen up and open up a little bit and kind of move out of uh, a constricted mind state. And because, as in the talk that I was listening to yesterday, so much of his emphasis, re-emphasis over and over again is is uh, just attending to the way things are right here in the present moment. I don't know how many times in that talk that I was listening to yesterday, he said, it's like this. And pointing to that uh, open awareness uh, uh, as really the, uh, the, the ultimate practice, the final practice. I mean, most of us can't just plant ourselves right into open awareness and be able to accept everything as it's happening, as it's like this. Uh, consistently as as Lumpur Sumedho can, um, but 
it's a it's a great reflection because it kind of cuts through a lot of you know messy entangled uh, thinking uh, and trying rationalizing our experience and say oh, well, it's, whatever it is it's like this it's the way it is and and constantly moving to that uh, sense of yeah non grasping um, non intensity non density just lightening things up by widening our ability to hold whatever it is that's coming through our experience because we don't often have a lot of control over our past habits and tendencies as they manifest into the moment but we do have that ability to learn to gradually loosen up the tightness the density with which we're responding uh, to our experience and to just move into that kind of open acceptance uh, one that's not spacey or, or dismissive uh, and, and doesn't try and annihilate unpleasant experience, uh, but one that widens the, the field of our awareness, of our consciousness, to be able to hold it in a way that doesn't move into uh, reactivity, difficulty, resistance, but moves into even uh, open awareness of, of things that are unpleasant or difficult. But in that actual release and opening uh, to the wider picture, uh, that in itself is is the uh, the cure. So just uh, some encouragement to notice the quality of the mind states as they arise, and to find when we're getting wrapped up in uh, confusion or you know, entanglement or uh, density to to really. Uh, allow ourselves to relax, open up, shift our attention to things that um, produce energy uh, and uh, lead to uh, a lightness uh, uh, of our experience rather than an absorption into the, into the difficulties. So I'll leave that for this evening's reflection. <laughs>